The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Steve Latart, Dale Jarrett, myself. We have absolutely nothing to talk about today. <laughs> what, a great, what a great weekend at Martinsville. Uh, remember, the best part of this show is you guys. We want you called into this show. There's a number right there, 1-844-627-2276. Call in. There's a lot to talk about. We want to include you in the conversation. So you guys are on the show, but also we have Pete Pistoni coming up later. He's going to be fun to talk about, talk to rather. What did you see this weekend that you liked, Steve, or that you didn't like? Well, so, listen, uh, it's, it was Martinsville at its finest. It's yeah. really as simple as that. This is a racetrack that's been uh, part of the series since the series began. It was its 146 race, somebody said. And, and um, the racetrack is my favorite. The style of racing is my favorite. And the position it is in the schedule only makes it better. Um, it's refreshing to see that cars have to drive good. It's not about horsepower. It's not aer- about aerodynamics. And now, as far as some of the other stuff we saw, it was all exciting and entertaining. I don't always love to see cars get spun around, but I think, you know, in the end, good hard racing always prevails, and the fans came out. I mean, the fan base was there and there in droves. It was full. Yeah, tremendous weekend. I mean, the the truck race, the Xfinity race, I hope that all the fans were able to see uh, all the finishes to to these three races. Just incredible. Uh, Saw great driving skills. uh, And and we saw, you know, one of the things that has made this sport popular, and I'm not an advocate and wasn't whenever we were racing, Jeff, that, that, you know, that wrecks were big. but, But when people have contact and people get mad, 
then the fans like it, and even the side that we're on, it, it is more entertaining. And, and I realize this is a sport and it's a competition, but it's also entertainment for a lot of people. And when you put people in uncomfortable positions, I like to see how they're going to react. Not saying it's always good the way that they react, but it's interesting to see how different people go about handling difficult situations. The more stressful it is for the teams and the drivers, the more fun it is for the fans. That's yeah. in any sport, every single time. I, I think you know, the playoffs are a great thing for our sport. They bring intensity to every single race, and then you come down to this part of the year, and it brings the intensity up to a level I don't didn't think that they could get to, but right. they find a way. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just incredible fun to watch. And like you said, watching drivers and team members try to respond to that pressure. It's, it's fascinating. And it, it's, it's, it's just great. It's just great to watch. It's great to be part of. All the, all the drivers and teams talk about how stressful it is, but they love it. Yes. They love it. That's their job. That's what you want for as a competitor. You mentioned great racing and how much fun it was. So let's go back and relive the last seven laps of the race on Sunday. Seven laps to go. As the 48 continues to try to take the lead from the 11. Oh! The 11 around. The 11 goes around, and the caution will come out. A restart. Down into turn three. The 48 gets loose into the corner. You can see the back coming around. He has to chase the car up the track. Typical Martinsville. Two cars racing hard at the end of this race, and the guy on the inside trying his hardest overruns the entry of the corner. We are going to be in overtime presented by Credit One Bank. Let's listen in on the 48 and 11 radios as to what just happened on the racetrack. Oh, that's dark. I just got loose in there. Trying to pull off a win here. We're still in this thing. We're still fine. We got to finish it off. Remain focused right now. I knew it was going to happen. There was, there was no way he wasn't going to wreck you. It's just the mentality these days. But to, to, to what the crew chief said, stick with us, because he's, he's nine points above, so he's okay right in 23rd, but, like, like let's just everybody remain calm here. Truex just picked up a ton of spots. Kozlowski went to the bottom. Byron went to the bottom also. That allowed the 19 of Truex to roll to the top, so now he's starting right behind Kyle Busch. Two to go. Green flag back in the air. A oh, great launch by the 48, but he missed a shift. Just to, oh, he had a little trouble with slow on the shift. 22 gained a car length back. But what a great launch. Now to the outside, Kyle Busch fighting as they go into three. And the white flag. One more time around for Martinsville. Bowman looking for his fourth win of the season. Bowman better get away right here. Kyle got loose off of turn two. That gave Bowman a little bit of a gap. I don't think Kyle can get to him. He's not going to get there. Alex Bowman coming out of four. He's going to win at Martinsville. How about Alex? And this is going to get interesting. Oh, boy. Denny Hamlin not happy with the way Bowman raced him. Mark, Denny. Big, big picture here. Big picture. Why the contact with Denny Hamlin? What happened there? I just got loose in. Um, I got in too deep, knocked him out of the way, and literally let him have the lead back. So for anybody that wants to think that I was trying to crash him, 
But obviously it wasn't the case considering I literally gave up the lead at Martinsville to give it back to him. So um, he's been on the other side of that. He's crashed guys here for wins. I hate doing it. Obviously it's not, I don't want to crash somebody and uh, I just got in, got loose underneath him and spun him out. So. so to clarify, there was or was not intent in your second contact with Denny? No, I just got loose underneath him. Like I'm not trying to drive under there and crash the guy. Um, I hadn't run into him. I caught him. I got under him fair, um, under him clean, and I just got sideways underneath him and uh, spun him out. So hate to do that. Obviously unintentional, but uh, part of short track racing. As you're celebrating, he pulls up to you. What was your reaction to that? Um, man, I uh, I wasn't gonna get into any. This isn't Bowman Gray Stadium, right? This is uh, the Cup Series. So um, as much as uh, we could have made the highlight reel. What is your take on the contact down there? He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. Um, he gets kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, he's terrible. He's just terrible. And he sees one opportunity and he, he takes it. But obviously, um, you know, he's got the fast car every week and he runs 10th. So um, he, he, you know, didn't want to race us there. We, we had a good clean race. I moved up as high as I could on the racetrack to give him all the room I could. And he still can't drive. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, but we're going to start off though. Michelle, you're the first caller. Get us going. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, my question, and as a fan, and I've been a fan of Danny Hamlin. Like, I enjoy watching him race. He's done a whole lot for this sport. But my personal opinion, what he did at the end of the race, was probably one of the most disrespectful things I think I've seen in racing. Um, especially after you hear Alex Bowman's side that he gave him the lead back and then he did slide up the racetrack. He, you know, it, it's part of racing. But I just don't see where that's okay. I want to hear you guys, what you guys think about it. Because as a fan, it was not a good look for the sport. <laughs> Well, let's start with the We're Hall of Fame. We're pointing to the Hall of Fame. We're going to start with the, yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, she's obviously very knowledgeable. And, and uh, you know, for her to call in, and Denny is her driver, it sounds like, and uh, he, he does a great job. Yeah, this is such a difficult situation. You know, I, you hear that. I, I think the, the part, and, and you're going to bring this up, so I'll just touch on it, I think, because we've talked about this, obviously, today, but... Yeah, the, the part on the front stretch right here, that this is not a good look here, you know. Um, that's, the, the race is over, done with. My, my biggest takeaway is, hey, people since this sport started have made mistakes in trying to win races. This was a mistake that Alex Bowman's owning up to. Hey, I got loose. I got into it. Wasn't trying to do that whatsoever. And um, you, you you, you have to accept that. And then, you know, I saw some of the tweets that Denny uh, sent out. And the fact of the one thing that he said that I totally agree with, it's hard to explain what your emotions as a driver and competitor are right there. Because most people have never been in that position to understand the empty feeling, the, the, the anger that you have at, at that particular time. And, and then the next thing you know, you've got a microphone stuck in your face. Right. So... You don't have time to calm down through anything. Again, this was not a good look, but um, you know, Denny Hamlin's a great competitor. I, I think you know, calling another driver, especially one that's won four races, calling him a hack, that might be a little over the top there. He's the best hack 
I've ever seen then. And, you know, four races uh, is probably tied, I think, uh, behind Kyle Larson for a second uh, in the most wins. So I, I'm going to go this way. I didn't like what happened on the front stretch because I think it diminishes the interview and what he said after because people are thinking it's purely emotional and he hasn't thought it through. So what I like about drivers getting out and saying whatever they want to say, whether we can agree or disagree on whether he should call him a hack or whatever, I feel like sometimes drivers in their race cars on the front stretch beating and banging remind me of some guys behind their keyboards. It's really easy to send an ugly email or an ugly tweet. Take your helmet off, get out of your car, show us your face, and tell us what you think. And now, it could be as long as it's not derogatory, right? We don't have to attack someone's personality or their beliefs. If you want to attack somebody's talent, I'm good with that. Even if I don't agree because... You, as a race car driver, have the ability to judge someone else's talent. That's fair. I mean, that happens in sports all the time. Look, I love controversy in sports because it's sports. This isn't life or death. This isn't disease. This isn't what the world's gone through for the last two years. This is sport. Now, to them, it's their whole world, and you yes. are right. I have felt that pit of my stomach disappointment to know that that is an opportunity lost you will never get back. Um, and those ups and downs are what drove me to TV. I couldn't handle the ups and downs anymore because they are so low and they are so high. It's, it's vicious. But I'm the opposite approach of the hack. I'm not going to say I agree or disagree. But I did think Denny Hamlin basically said, look, I know he's going to tell me that he didn't mean to do it. And Denny Hamlin basically came out ahead of that and said, I know he didn't mean to do it. That made it worse. In his opinion, he didn't have enough talent to not wreck me, which made him even more uh, infuriated. What we haven't talked about that I think is fascinating, Jeff, and I'd like to get your thought. Is I believe in years past, Bowman never takes his car to the opportunity of a mistake, non-playoff to playoff driver. This continues. And the reason I want to ask this question mm. is because at, am I crazy to think surely in Phoenix the non-playoff guys raise the white flag and let those <laughs> other four go? Or is this something we're going to continue? Well, so, all right, so a couple of things. The number one, I'll answer that question in a second. But first of all, Denny Hamlin got wrecked leading the race and he gets booed. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, I mean, he got wrecked leading the race. Did nothing wrong, and he got booed. I think the reason he got booed is because that same racetrack four years ago, he wrecked Denny. Ham I mean, he wrecked Kyle uh, Chase Elliott, right? And so, I, I I agree with the fans. It's like, wait a minute, you you just did the same thing a couple a couple years ago, and you have no sympathy whatsoever for Alex Bowman. Like, I, I understand why the fans are like, you can't be that hypocritical, but. The fans got to understand the emotion. It, it's so hard to win these races. It is so difficult. He's won two races this year. He hasn't won 20. He's won two. He's had opportunities to win. He got knocked out of the way, right? This right here. I mean, there's no way that I've said, I've said multiple times, I don't think Denny Hamlin wrecked him on purpose. I think he was trying to move him out of the yeah. way, and he messed up, right? So, so emotions matter, and, and I will defend Denny Hamlin. When he said what he said, only because I know that how hard it is to win these races, and I and I'm not going to be critical of a driver as long as he doesn't go over the top, right? He was close over the top. We want their emotions. It's what makes this sport. Yeah. We, we want it. The fans love it. The fans enjoy it, and it's part of the energy of the sport. So, if he wants to say it, say it. Like, yeah. say it. I agree with you. I don't agree with him saying it, but that's part of the fun of sports. It's fun to pull. You like Carolina. I like Duke. Like, well, you know, it's fun to pull for somebody and against somebody. As far as racing playoff drivers, he was good. He was okay to race. He was okay to race him right there. Denny Hamlin got, got wrecked and got in the playoffs. 
Yep. He did not get prevented from being in the playoffs. Now, did Alex Bowman do all that calculations? I don't know. But I know that I don't believe Alex Bowman wrecked him on purpose. I think that if Alex Bowman is not out there trying to win the race with a car good enough to win the race, he's doing his sponsors, his crew members, his fans, and himself a disservice. Yes, the playoff guys should be given a little bit of extra respect, a little bit. But it's too much respect to say, I got a car good enough to win this race and I'm not going to try. That's going over the top. You don't need to do that. No one needs to do that this weekend. If you got a car good enough to win a race, go win it. I will say I think we could cut this conversation and, and put it on tape and just bring it back in 12 months. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and that's yeah. really, like, at the top of the show, how was the race? Look, it's Martinsville. And I feel bad for Denny Hamlin and Alex Bowman and everyone involved in these situations. But, you know, I don't feel bad for the race fan. Yeah. They came, a, came out. They came out in droves. The place was packed. And I'm okay if they boo or cheer or do whatever they do because, you know, why we love this sport is because you and I have disagreed. We've been on teams where we're like, I think you wrecked us or we wrecked. Like, but but it's, that's what it's all about. And the interesting thing to me is how it moves forward because either way, you know, Alex Bowman – the quote, hack, has won four races. So it's a heck of a year. The guy's won six races in a year for this time, which it's, yeah. it's, is it hard to believe? And I said this before Martinsville. How can a guy win three races and we not talk about him that much? Now he's right, won four. Right, right. I mean, it's, that's a great year. Four races is a spectacular year. Yeah. We're, we're going to get into this in a little bit because did Denny Hamlin create a distraction yeah. to this championship? We're going to talk about that later. Uh, but right now, Jesse's on the phone. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, guys, how are you guys doing today? Good, We're great. My thing, my thing is, I don't. I've been watching racing since I was a little boy, since I was four years old, so forty-two years. I don't agree with what Denny Hamlin did in this car after the race. If you do that kind of stuff at any other track, dirt track whatsoever, you're going to jail. He should be. NASCAR should look into him. And say, hey, we're going to make a, you did this yourself. Now we're going to kick you out of the championship and just let Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, and Martin Truex run for the title. Okay, so, I so mean, Jesse, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. Uh, and I will say that post-race, if when Jack Ingram years ago had an incident where post-race, or actually it was during the race, hit somebody. The guy had, had taken his belts off. That was a very dangerous situation. Uh, they set Jack Ingram out. He was def- I think he was contending to win the, another uh, uh, Xfinity Series championship. They set him out because of it. I will say that Denny Hamlin was on the line. Like, he was on the line, in my opinion. Any more than that, he could have gotten himself in trouble. I don't think he put anybody in jeopardy. I don't yeah. think he put anybody's safety in jeopardy yeah. with this. The contact with the cars... Yeah, I think NASCAR will and have to say something. I don't think there'll be a penalty. But if Alex Bowman's unbuckled and if Denny Hamlin made major contact, that would be a conversation. But none of that happened. Major contact wasn't didn't take place. I, I, I'm not saying you should like it, but as far as going to jail or being suspended, I don't believe they went that far. Well, so, so Quinn Huff got parked for five laps for retaliating under caution. I agree with the caller that... And what you just said, I think NASCAR should remind everybody, say, listen, you know, we don't have a lot of parameters. Let's be really clear. After the race and caution flags, we don't want to see cars hit. And, and that has nothing to do with you drivers. No offense. Unbuckled, buckled up. 
It's the everyone else who comes out there that's responsible for putting that race on. We had a cameraman on the front stretch. There yeah. are safety workers on the front stretch. There are other people, right? And things can get, and, and to your point, not a tent, but next thing you know, like, oops. Well, oops is too late, right? Yep. You have to, I don't ever like cars being used because I was the poor guy that had to build them. But I think under yellow uh, and after the race is probably the inappropriate time. Yeah, you know, I, I would like to say I, I, I don't want to see him penalized yeah, in a way yeah, that would yeah. take him out of the, the championship uh, coming up this weekend. Obviously, that's not. But th- there does need to be a message sent, in my opinion, that we're not going to stand for this. But you talk about, so in, in that case, you're looking at a fine. What Denny Hamlin makes a lot of money. A, a fine's not really going to, you know, <laughs> he got his message across, so that's not really going to get the point. So um, I, I don't know if this is the time and place. I think it's something that has to be looked at and put into place to make the drivers understand, look, we're, we're going to react from this, and moving forward, this is what's going to take place. You're to stay out of that situation. Handle things in another way, and uh, then, then we'll look at that. Well, it's, it's, it is a topic worth talking about. Remember, remember when uh, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick got into it at Darlington, and Kyle Busch went to move Kevin Harvick's yeah. car of the way, and it fired off. Right, yeah, And right. Boom, off it went. I mean, you know, you never know what can happen if two cars make contact. I yeah. think, yes, there should be, you know, Ben Huff got penalized because there was a safety vehicle out there. Right. And NASCAR's yeah. like, no, we're not doing that. Right. That's, that, they sent a message by doing that. I think sending a message with this would make sense, too. But I don't think not letting Denny Hamlin race for a championship. No, 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 I don't need all that. But, we, hey, listen, the phone lines are full. We come back. We're going to get to as many of them as we can. We love having the fans on. Can't wait to hear some interesting questions and comments. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everything's going smooth, and then, you know, the 2 and the 18 come up there in the front kind of out of nowhere, and I got some damage on the, on the running side by side with the 2 car and fell back, and then the 10 stuffed me, you know, 3 wide or whatever out of the out of the groove down there in turn one and two and into marbles and then the one car come by and clipped my left front drove me to fence off of two and i'm like oh damn we're we're in big trouble here and then they say we're out got a little break on that last restart you know a bunch of guys went to the bottom and i seen the i seen the uh, hole up there and i was like i gotta go for it when you saw those all those cars go to the bottom did you think that was the ticket there i had a big smile on my face at that point oh moving on that's all that matters i had a I had a really fast snap of chevy early and i i made a couple mistakes and and think I led us down the wrong path there. Wish we could have won it, you know. I hate to be so fast all day and and it not work out, but uh, obviously next week is is what matters and that's where our heads are at. Excited to get out there and uh, have another shot at it. I mean, just a really bad job executing on my part. Uh, Just way too aggressive on pit road, but I mean, me being locked in the next round, I can be a little bit more aggressive, just too aggressive uh, too too many times. Knew I wasn't going to have a shot to win, so just trying not to piss anybody off back there. So From the get-go, we were struggling to get it to turn it to two-thirds, and we raised the track bar, and that made it loose everywhere except where I wanted it to turn, and <clears throat> put that back, tried something else, and got at least closer, but all we're doing is compromising at that point. We fought hard this season. We just 
weren't fast enough. Uh, we weren't fast enough throughout the playoffs, and then uh, today kind of was a, another example of that. So yeah, I was I was really looking forward to today, and um, I mean, like I said, we've been really good here the last few races, and yeah, just missed it today. I, I'd love to tell you where we missed it, but I just I just don't really know. So um, have to go back, do our homework, and see kind of what, what we could have done different or, or what's changed. It was super free. I was so loose and uh, got underneath the nine, got loose and spun him out. I just, all I could do to hold on to the car and, uh, and put ourselves in a position that just wasn't quite strong enough uh, there at the end. So we gave it a great run here. Wish I could have uh, last week at Kansas back, that's for sure. Feel bad for Chase that he got uh, caught up there. At least he's still good for next week, but um, frustrating day. Uh, we just missed uh, last week, you know, that's where we lost all the ground and could have come in here with 15 more points and uh, we would have been fine on the cut. We had a Hail Mary opportunity there at the end and um, just didn't materialize. So uh, we slung everything and anything at this thing today and just couldn't really make it come alive. Anytime you go into a season with Toyota, Joe Gibbs Racing, this 18 M&M's team, myself, you expect to be championship four uh, in contention. Anything other than that's a failure. So, um, you know, I guess you get an F. An F. Kyle Busch gives himself an I think it's a pass-fail for Kyle Busch. It's A or F. I don't think there's any grade in between. <laughs> Very little in between. Very little in between. <laughs> a lot to unpack there, but the callers are lined up, so let's go to the phones. Nash Carl, you're on NASCAR America. All right, buddy. I want to talk about Truex because, to me, that man is lucky to be waking up this morning in the championship four. We say we want to see him be aggressive. Yes, the one hit him. But shouldn't a spotter... And his crew chief at the time, when he was getting aggressive, number one, be saying, okay, you're in at the time, he was six points. And then why would his competition let him have all them spots? I just want your take on it because, I mean, I feel he's really lucky to be in this championship four right now. I'm giving this one to Jeff Burton because he was, when Truex went three wide down the backstretch, my man was going to yeah. come out of the booth. I, yeah, I thought that was a poor move. I mean, not only was he, was it? three wide he had his right front fender to the guy's left rear quarter panel like he wasn't door to door and that just was not situational awareness and so unlike martin yeah. truex jr right. it's almost like he was listening to the need to be more aggressive stuff no be you you're a champion just be who you are that was not a good move and that spiraled out of control like things tend to do at martinsville they got lucky Martin Truex Jr. And, and James Smalls did a great job not coming down pit road to yeah, fix that yeah. car, not getting a tire cut. Uh, he's, James Smalls sent a picture out of the valve stem. Like, I don't know how the, va the valve stem was broken in half. Like, uh. they had a lot of things going their way. I am, it is, I, it's, it's confusing to me. I go back and watch that replay of how many people went to the bottom. Eric Almarola was running like fourth or fifth and went to the bottom <laughs> like yeah. i don't what was that like yeah i think they got lucky but but now they can go win a championship That's they right. won the race of phoenix early in the year they that team can win this championship they had a, they had luck you know what every championship has a little bit of luck yeah. and maybe this was it for them and, and they can go win this championship they will be a contender yeah nascarl had it right on he, he he explained everything i mean obviously very knowledgeable he calls in here every week and and he had it all. I will just have to say this. For everyone else, uh, pretty much uh, uh, around the country, yesterday was Halloween. It was Christmas for Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> and his race team. Right here. It Two came. points. Yes. It, they, you know, it, I, I don't know how they made that happen and why everybody chose that bottom and opened that right up for him. 
he did a terrific job in those last couple of laps of driving a car that was very torn up. Uh, so uncharacteristic. I was doing the same thing when Jeff was talking on air. Kyle Petty and I were watching the race, and I'm like, what is Martin doing? This is just so unlike him. All he has to do is ride right here. Let this race play out, and you're racing for a championship. He didn't have the car to win the race yesterday. Why push the effort at that particular time? So uh, I, I think that we'll see him back, and, uh, and, and this Sunday he will be a factor in who wins this championship, and it might be him. 500 laps at a short track does it to everybody. It does. You lose your mind. (laughs) James, you're on the phone. Yeah, I was wondering about uh, the Keselowski deal with Kyle Busch. Do you think Keselowski should be fined or set out the next race? Because that was a pretty hard hit. All right, so I've had a couple people ask me this about happening on the front stretch, and I'm going to just be rude. I didn't care. They, They both didn't do enough. Like, I don't know why Brad hit Kyle. I don't know why Kyle hit Brad. And then, and then that was at the start-finish line. And then going down to turn one, I, I don't know. I don't know who – like, I don't even know what exactly happened, to be quite honest. Because with everything I had going on, trying to count points and make sure I had – like, these two are squabbling over, I don't know, both being eliminated? Like, I, I, is that fair? Like, I, I don't know. Um, I know in their worlds it was a big deal. Um, I don't think NASCAR has anything to cons- – I wouldn't even waste my time talking to the two of them. Jeff, disagree? I agree. I, agree. I, I don't know. I you know, Brad ran to the side of Kyle coming to the start finish line for what? I have no idea. Correct. No and idea. And Kyle was like, why'd you do that? It looked like to me he just hung a left and, you know, in the one. But listen, we talked about the motions of Denny Hamblin. I mean, you just had your your year ended. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch, they're not going to be happy not being in the Final Four. You just had your year, your year ended right there in front of you. You know, it's 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 the end of that. I mean, that's just what it is. Emotion, anger. I'm good with that. that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's short track racing. You're at the end of 500 laps, a little over 500, as it's turned out. And you know, you, you we can't we can't have everything both ways. We can't want these drivers to be aggressive right. and show what you know, show their emotions and things, and and then want to find them or sit them out for doing that. So, um, you know, we don't need them running into each other, but occasionally that's going to happen. We don't have that many short tracks on the schedule, and that's usually where this happens. Yeah, that's why everybody likes the short tracks. Hey, I said after Bristol we need to take a championship race there. I'm jumping Martinsville over Bristol. You said it was the perfect – in the perfect yeah. spot in the schedule, I'm not sure it doesn't need to be the championship you know, race. Wouldn't that be something? You know <laughs> who? You know who is Denny Hamlin's biggest fan today? Is Brad Keselowski? Because no one's talking about Brad wrecking Chase. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, what's that? I mean, like, <laughs> this is the most popular driver. You wrecked him. He yeah. said he didn't wreck him. He admitted it, right? But. Brad got out of this Scott clean. Like, no one is on him. He loves Denny Hamlin today. In, in Brad's sort of way, well, you know, I'm glad he gets to advance. I'm like, yeah, you're yeah. really glad he got to advance. Yeah, you got that right. I yes. tell you, the other guy, Alex Bowman, we talk a lot about with Danny Hamlin, but good thing he got a good restart on that last time because I'm not sure he wanted to have either Kyle or Brad on his rear bumper. You said it going in, morals would be tested. Well, fortunately, he was far enough out that there couldn't be a test because I'm not sure they would have passed. He did a great job on that restart where actually, I don't know if he missed the gear or just right. it, something happened there. And it, I really thought it was going to cost him and put him in that situation. I really expected from that point we were seeing three wide down the back stretch and then either fourth or fifth or sixth yeah. was going to have a good chance of winning. But, man, he drove that thing off of turn two sideways uh, but got a great launch. And with all this madness we're talking about and all this aggressive driving, Kyle Busch didn't. Yeah, Kyle yeah. Busch didn't overdrive his car going no. into turn one, going yeah. into turn three, just wrecked. Yeah, 
He, he didn't, didn't do it. No. Well, a, I mean, he was. That was. You know yes. what I mean? Like I, nobody's talked about. We talk about what he said and all that stuff. But Kyle Busch didn't do that. Well, and, and he, sh- in my opinion, he should be commended. He didn't have a fast enough car. He wasn't close enough. Yeah. But he didn't even try. And I think he should be commended for you that. You know who else did with everything on the line? No, Gregson. Mm-hmm. The yeah, day before. Perhaps yes, one yes. of the signature moves of the entire season was Noah Gregson going around Daniel Hamrick to win in advance. So we're going to talk a little Xfinity next. Where their old bad Pete Pistoni, her old pal from the morning drive, is going to join us. We'll see what uh, the fans talk about. I got an idea. It has something to do with Hamlin and Bowman. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Up the racetrack goes Noah Gregson. Here comes Cedric to the inside. It's a drag race. Cedric and Gregson's going to win. I want to cry right now, Marty. It's It's been a rough Rough season. We got a couple wins there at, at Darlington and Richmond, and you know it wasn't looking good after after last weekend. I was pretty fired up, but this team's unbelievable. And how about all these badass fans out here? I love you, Martinsville. You guys are awesome. And I'm emotional right now, and I know I'm going on and on, but. Dude, this is Martinsville, baby. This is Martinsville. We're going to the Final Four, baby. Yeah! Uh, I, I put front bias into it, drove it in as hard as I could into three, but I wasn't going to use up Noah. Obviously, I, I, I intend on racing for a championship a certain way. I set it after Bristol, and I'm um, here in that win, and just need a couple of inches, maybe need up the track just a little bit more. I think we've lost a little bit of speed over the last uh, couple of months, take out the Roval, but, uh, you know, we've been planning on this. So all the men and women at College Racing, we've been getting our Phoenix car ready for the last five weeks, planning that we're going to be there. So we did what we had to do, got a, a seventh-place finish there, and uh, at the end of the day, we're going for a championship. You know, we played the safe strategy, and we talked about it before the race and felt like that was the smart strategy. Just gave up too many points, you know. You know, law of averages says we've been in it the last so many years. You know, at some point you're gonna have to have a a, a, a bad year. By bad, I mean fifth going into the final round. But so just disappointing. Describe that moment when you started to feel like the brakes were going away from you there. Yeah, they, they started to go away in stage two, and, and then after that, um, obviously they caught on fire, and, and we had to come back and, and put it. We weren't very good anyway. So just finally, I mean, it was inevitable. The brakes just went to the floor. I was either gonna wreck or spin out. So. And, and a bump oh. right there. Ty Gibbs goes around. Gregson around past him. And the caution comes out to 20. Has to check up. Obviously, we put ourselves in this position, and we needed to perform better throughout the year, you know, to not be in this position. But the last two weeks, I felt like we could have won the race. And I don't know. We just need to perform better. It's, uh, it's that simple. Yeah, I just don't think that uh, we quite had the balance we did here in the spring. You know, it's all in all, a really good job by these guys. We kept fighting. I uh, hate we missed it again, but we keep going, man. We're going to keep trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah, the race for me won to line up on the top and, and just let it rip and give it all we had to try to win. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I don't know what's good done there. Uh, right decision. I don't know. Right for next week, of course. Well, Saturday's race, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but 
those guys, they put on a great show oh. without a bunch of wrecking Amazing. and stuff. They did a great job. But we're going to welcome our friend Pete Bistoni from the Morning Drive. Pete, listen, man, every day you get callers on the Morning Drive, so we're going to start you right off with a caller right now. Uh, Mark wants to talk to you. Go ahead, Mark. Gosh, Pete, how about Mark? Pete, what'd you do to Mark? He's dumbfounded. He was probably on with us this morning. We probably shut him down. Sorry, Mark. Call us back on that. <laughs> All right, Pete. You have the you have the pulse of the fans. They call you guys every Monday, every morning, really. Uh, what are the fans talking about today? Well, what you can expect, Jeff, is Martinsville. And I'll start by just saying, how many times can we go to Martinsville? What's acceptable time to go to Martinsville? I think everybody <laughs> would love to go there more than just a couple of times. So Mondays, I love the Monday show because we do checkered flags and black flags, right? We ask the listeners, what did you like about the weekend? What didn't you like about the weekend? I think we got a new track record, guys, about black flags today. About a month ago, Kevin Harvick had the record when he spun out Chase Elliott at the Roval. Today, Denny Hamlin, I think, had one not black flag caller all day long. Everybody that called gave Denny Hamlin the black flag, and this is why. Not because of what happened on the racetrack and him being so frustrated with he and Alex Bowman making contact. I think everybody understands why Denny was so upset. It's what you're seeing right there on your screen. A lot of fans did not like the fact that Denny Hamlin went in there and just disrupted the victory celebration. And some of the things he said uh, afterward, you know, again, some a caller said, well, if he called Alex Bowman a hack, guess what? Scoreboard is hack for Denny Hamlin, too, right? I mean, that's the way it is right now. And I think the other side of it is, and then Denny actually addressed this, you know, what we saw at Martinsville a few years ago with Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott where Denny was maybe the guy that was a little more on the aggressive end. I think there's still some carryover there as well. So the bottom line is I think the fans across the board, guys, love the weekend of racing at Martinsville, but they weren't exactly that enamored with some of the things that happened after the race and how Denny Hamlin handled himself in the disappointment and frustration of getting roughed up a little bit there by Alex Bowman to the checkered flag. Well, Pete, we saw the highlights right there before we uh, brought you in from the Xfinity Series. I think that's what I want to go to, right? So we saw a pretty rough truck race and a pretty rough cup race but, but the youngsters of the Saturday-Sunday comma, you know, the Xfinity guys, they ran a really clean race, and Noah Gregson won. I was setting it up for the, for the bump and run. Bump nothing. He drove around Daniel Hemrick on the outside. Did anybody have an opinion on the call-in today and talk about that great race we saw on Saturday evening? Absolutely. Steve, I would say that nobody, nobody that called said they didn't like the truck race, although there were some problems there, or they didn't like the cup race. But I think they all loved the Xfinity Series race for what you just said. There was a kind of a combo platter. We got the aggressiveness. We got the contact. We got all that. But we got really good racing. And we got a little more respect, I think, in the Xfinity Series than we did in the Truck Series race, for sure. And maybe some of what we saw in the Cup Series race yesterday. What That's what you live for for sports, right? Those kinds of moments there. When Noah Gregson, Gregson lined up and took the spot he did there, and you heard Dave Ellens, his crew chief, say, winners take the front row, that, to me, set up what we were going to get. And I thought he and Austin Sindrick did a great job racing to the checkered flag. He won the race. He goes and runs for a championship. You heard what Austin Sindrick said afterward. He was disappointed, obviously. But it was just a really good race. And I think that's kind of where we are right now, threading the needle of trying to find a spot where we get that really good racing and all that short track action that we all love, but going over the line and maybe seeing a little too much of that going over the line to some of the listeners' taste that we heard this morning on the morning drive. Hey, Pete, uh, thanks for being on with us again. I'll have to say that I, maybe I'm not giving the race fans enough credit along the way in that 
They might be a lot more like drivers than I think because race drivers never forget when things happen. And it seems like the race fans certainly haven't forgotten Denny running over Chase uh, a couple of years ago because when you get spun out leading the race and you're the one that gets booed, that's pretty rough, guys. I'm having to say that that's a pretty tough thing to, to take. But moving forward with that, how do you think that affects Denny Hamlin this coming weekend? Well, if, it, if I'm Denny Hamlin, here's what I do. And again, the first lap, the next lap I turn in a race car will be the first one. But I tune out all of this. I get off of Twitter. I get off of Instagram, guys. And I try to compartmentalize the disappointment that, again, he's totally, totally fine of, of being upset. I get that. But this is another opportunity he has to win a championship. And whether it's fair or not, perception sometimes is reality with the fan base, right? The bottom line is, the court of public opinion right now is not so much on Denny Hamlin's side, and a lot of the let's finally see you win a championship talk is out there. If I'm him, I stay away from all of that. I do my media obligation on Thursday for championship for media day, like all the drivers will do. I'll answer the questions when it's time for me to speak to the media, but I don't talk about any of that. And I just focus. Guys, he has got an excellent chance to win the championship on Sunday. He just does. We know how good he is. He doesn't have to tell us how good he is. We don't have to sell his resume to anybody. We know how good the race team is. We know how good Chris Gavehart is, all of that. And we know how good he is at Phoenix. This is an excellent chance for him. You don't want to see him squander it if you're a Denny Hamlin fan. I think some of this outside noise might just kind of get in the way. I'd put that beside him or behind him and just focus on the race on Sunday. Easy as that. It's pretty ironic that, as you're saying, he should get off of Twitter and, and Instagram was showing his Twitter comments. <laughs> but, it's not that. You know, you know, all right, so, all right, so we're going to put you, maybe I shouldn't do this to you because I know you have to make predictions uh, later in the week on your show, but going into Phoenix, uh, who are you feeling good about and who are you not feeling good about? Well, I mean, it's hard not to feel good. I know I hate to do this because it's like no fun, but, you know, you asked me the question, Jeff, who I think is going to win the championship, and I think it's going to be Kyle Larson. I just do. I just think this is one of those years where the stars are aligning for him. He's so good. A 10th win on Sunday is the mic drop and he wins the championship. I don't think it's going to be easy by any means. Now, if you're looking at Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott and, and Martin Truex Jr., the other three championship four contenders, you do have practice. You do have qualifying, which I think is a good thing. You can kind of hone in what you got there. But I think it's going to come down. And listen, I would be shocked if these four guys don't migrate their way to the front of the field and battle for the race win and the championship, that's just the way it's been. Whether this has been at Homestead Miami Speedway or Phoenix Raceway, I think those four guys are going to be there. I don't think it's going to be a runaway by any means, and we've seen that a lot this year from Kyle Larson. But I think at the end of the day, we're talking about Kyle Larson and the amazing reclamation project, basically, of his career of coming back to NASCAR, going to Hendrick Motorsports, winning 10 times, and winning a championship on Sunday. I think that's the story we're going to tell on Monday when we open up the phone lines on TMD. Well, we don't want you to feel out of place, so we, we got another caller for you. Josh, <laughs> what do you have for Pete? Hey, guys. So uh, I was talking to my buddy this weekend while watching the Xfinity Series race, and I, this dawned on me right at the end of the race. But there's a possibility that, let's say, somebody like Ty Gibbs, who's been dominant in his starts this season, wins the Xfinity Series race on Saturday. And then Hemrick finishes second. He wins a championship without ever winning a race in a top series in NASCAR. What would that mean? How crazy would that be? Go ahead, well, Pete. it's happened before, right? I mean, we've seen it. Austin Dillon won the championship a few years ago, not in this format, without winning a race. It's not something that I think, obviously, NASCAR would like. 
but it's part of the system, guys. And if Daniel Hemrick wins the championship, I won't think of him any less as a champion if he goes out there and wins the race on Sunday, Josh. So it's the system. Everybody knows the system. They all play the same rules at the beginning of the year. I know we like to reward winners. I think the system does that. But if it turns out that way, I think it's just kind of one of those things. I wouldn't even call it a fluke. It's just one of those things that Daniel Hemrick was the best guy under the parameters of the rules and the and the format, and he would be the champion under that scenario that Josh had there if Ty Gibbs winning the race. And quite frankly, I don't think that's that far out of the realm of possibility, guys. I think Ty Gibbs has a great chance of winning the race on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so Pete and, and so and, and also Josh, Ty's not in the race this weekend. I think uh, um, Joe, John Hunter Nemechek's driving the 54 car okay. this weekend. Yeah. So yeah. so John Hunter Nemechek, but. He, he won last win. time he was yeah, in it, right. so yeah. the 54 wins a lot. <laughs> 54 so car, right. Yeah, it's a good chance. I tried that. to get the ride, but it was already taken. <laughs> I wanted to see if it, anybody could really win it. <laughs> I'd, pay for, I'd pay to watch that. You're dang right. So, hey, Pete, thank you for joining us, buddy. Really appreciate you uh, coming on with us. Guys, I always appreciate it. We appreciate it when you guys come out with the Bagman and I in the morning drive. Very much so. Thanks. Thanks, Thank man. you very much. Well, when we come back, we, uh, we've got more callers on the line. It's great, best part about our show. And yeah. Josh, you and Josh have been talking. That's what I thought. Because I, I checked to see if he was on that phone. we were talking. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, you can't miss an opportunity to make a little levity of the situation, and Alex Bowman doesn't. Alex Bowman Racing, you can go online and buy yourself pre-order a hack t-shirt. I'm going to tell you, I don't know who does this apparel, but this is A-plus speed right here. Uh, to get that. If you're an Alex Bowman fan, you, surely you got to have the hack 2020 Martinsville edition. 2021 Martinsville edition. <laughs> I'm losing my years. All right, speed dial. It's all about the phone, so let's go to them. Jim, you're on first. Okay, I thank you guys for taking my call. I've been watching NASCAR since 1954, being at the races, now on TV. I've, I've never seen anything like what Denny Hamlin did. He does not deserve to be able to run for the championship given the display he made following the race on Sunday. He just got a little bit of what he's been dishing out for years. So he had no reason to go out there and do that. NASCAR needs to punish him severely. Well, there you have it, Jeff. We've talked to this conversation more. Thanks for the call, Jim. I've uh, been watching since 54. The man knows all the different stuff, but I think, I think we all agree we want to see him race for a championship. The question is, though, will NASCAR step in, have a conversation? I do have an idea to, Denny, or to DJ's point, though. It's not fines or points. I think they may need to make drivers do community service, take their time back away. Good idea. Maybe not poor Denny in this time. situation, but somebody. Keep him from a round of golf, so that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, you're on NASCAR America. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my call here. Um, DJ, so I grew up at Hickory Motor Speedway at watching, doing a little bit of driving. And, you know, you drove for my grandfather, Carlos, a little bit. But yep. this entire weekend reminded me 
of a Saturday night at Hickory Motor Speedway, <laughs> and it was absolutely awesome. My question to you guys is, is this the best schedule layout that we've had in the NASCAR across all three national series here? It's hard to argue with that, and I have to agree. Uh, yes, and he's talking about, speaking of Carlos Johnson, who gave me my first opportunity in driving late model sportsman cars and uh, many years ago, back in 1980, uh, starting that. But uh, it, it did remind me of watching races at Hickory, but I love the schedule, the current schedule. I know things change up a little bit next year uh, as far as that goes, but uh, I think we keep some key races in, in the spots. And you know, that's what, you know, these, these races that are, the finale of, of the different rounds uh, are, are the key ones. That That's what you remember the most. And uh, as you pointed out, unless we're going to move this to a championship race, uh, I, I think that Martinsville has to stay right where it's at. I will challenge the race fan. Uh, if you like what you saw at Martinsville, he mentioned Hickory. We used to do that, uh, you know, grassroots racing campaign. It's still yeah. out there. Go out and, and support your local short track because that's what turns into Martinsville. Right. Right? Martinsville's great. It all starts at that local short track, and it's great racing, and I'm proud to cover it. But I'm going to tell you, somewhere near where you live, there's that same fire in all those drivers at the short track level. So go out yeah. and support your local short track. Sure. Caleb, you're on NASCAR America Motor Miles. Oh, man, that Martinsville race was so good. Um, the, the way that Danny Hamlin tried to stop Alex Bowman from doing a celebration. Woo! That, I, I saw him give him the middle finger. It was really awesome. <laughs> uh, my question is, a uh, real quick question is, do you think Kyle Larson will win the championship this year? Kyle Larson, Jeff, thoughts? I think he's the favorite going in. I think it's, I don't want to say it's his to lose because I think the competition is really tough. Any one of these four drivers, you can make a real case that they can win this championship. But the year that Kyle Larson and his team has had, I, I, they're the favorite going in. Uh, but they have serious work to do. They got serious challenge coming at them. I will say, if they can win a championship, this season goes into a very short list of some of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. Yeah. Right? I mean, you put a championship with 10 wins. I'm not going to say the greatest, but, man, it's in a short list. It's a pretty rare company it's on, it's on the list with. So. Yeah, for sure. All right, caller. John, you're on as well. Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. I was wondering, uh, from the driver's perspective, uh, what are the guys doing this week to prepare uh, for the championship race, given all of the uh, media obligations and team obligations they have this week? Thank you. Since I never won a championship... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I can let I can say that I wanted to keep myself as busy as I could. Obviously, uh, early in the week was, uh, and I could clinch at Homestead, which at that time was the next to the last race in 1999. We had Atlanta was the last race, but I could clinch by finishing eighth or eighth or better uh, at Homestead. And so I wanted to go to the race shop, get that out of the way, and then I wanted to stay busy. Uh, my family was around me, so that kept me somewhat busy. But I wanted to do the, the media stuff and answer the questions and, and enjoy it as much as I possibly could. But it took my mind off of what I had to do, what I knew the pressure was going to be on that Sunday, never having won a championship and, and trying to do something you know that my dad had done yeah. uh, because that was always a, a driving force. I, I never imagined winning 50 races, but I got myself in position where I could imagine and, and had that opportunity to win a championship. So I, I wanted to stay busy. These drivers now, uh, I think NASCAR and, and NBC and everybody else keeps them plenty busy. Yeah, yeah. And they, I think they've kind of gotten that rhythm of, you know, no practice. Now they got to be out west a little Gotta bit earlier. Think about a little, a little bit different of, yeah. this week. Practice, yeah. qualifying. Qualifying. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Man, I can't wait to watch some qualifying. Marvin, you're on NASCAR America. Well, first off, guys, my birthday's coming up on November 10th. Happy birthday to me. 
And I want to know from you three guys, uh, who are your predictions to win uh, the race on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Phoenix? All right, well, first of all, happy birthday. Let's go yeah. with this one. Does the champion win the race both Saturday and Sunday? Yes. So you think Xfinity and Cup? I do. DJ? Hmm. Well, I think that John Hunter might win the truck and the Xfinity race. I think he might have a big weekend. Uh, I, I could see that. Adam. Yeah. I could so, see that. Uh, so I think that, that the guys, whoever wins the Xfinity championship um, might not win the race this time. But I think Sunday the, the champion comes from one of these four. The reason I said yes is because if we just watch Martinsville and if you get a late race restart, which we tend to get, and you have a chance to win a championship and the guy in front of you doesn't, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not saying you're gonna wreck him, but yeah. you can certainly move him out of the way. And Phoenix is the kind of racetrack; all the odds are against you if you get a late race caution. It just makes it that much more difficult. Do you think Alex Bowman at Martinsville is on other drivers' minds at Phoenix? Like you were drivers. Like if somebody else has an issue, didn't involve you, had nothing to do with it. Do you think just watching it, seeing how it plays out, may change how you race the next week? It's, you know, around other guys, you don't want to be the, the next guy to, to you know spin a guy out. Does it does it affect how you do it? Or did you just worry about you? Um, I think you just take care of your business and yeah. worry about you. You know, you, you you try to hope that there's some respect. And not saying that Alex wasn't no, giving no, no, respect no. there. Yeah. You know, he just he's trying to win a race. And again, I, I, we say this a lot. The the thing that makes this sport of NASCAR racing unique in the playoffs is that everybody else stays involved, and you can't you can't ask them to stop and step back. Just because of that, you have a chance to win these races, Jeff. You pointed out how hard it is to win. So you, you do whatever it takes. You hope that it's not this situation, uh, especially coming up Sunday. Uh, I think that probably in this situation on Sunday at Phoenix, maybe there's a little more respect and, and thought of that you would be affecting the champion. I think it's important for fans to understand that the reason Alex Bowman wrecked Denny Hamlin is because he couldn't. To pass him, he had to push his car a little harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just yeah. tried. So, 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 yeah. So, my point is, when you get down to the end of the race and it's for a championship, and you've got to find that little extra grip, the only way to find it is to go try to find it, to drive in the corner that much deeper, to get in the gas that much sooner, to get off the brake that much sooner. When you do that, you overstep your bounds. There's a guy on the outside of you. Away he goes. It's not... All these things aren't on purpose. No. These wrecks aren't all on purpose. They're because you're trying hard right. to win the race. And you get a championship on the line, that's what you're going to do. You're going to try extra hard. You might overstep your bounds. So I, people have an agree, can agree whether they liked or didn't like it. One thing I loved was it, whether it was win 47 for Danny Hamlin or win 6 for Alex Bowman. It meant that much to both of them. Exactly. Right? Like it never yes. gets easier. Yes. It never no. gets less important. It never. never gets a win is a win is a win. I only have 15. I would love to have number 16. Just a little bit of time left. Ryan, real quick, you're on NASCAR America. Yeah, man, it is, it is a pleasure to, to get to talk to you three. Um, my question is that I see like two 20-year-olds versus two 40-year-olds, and I wonder is this maybe the last race that we're witnessing where – that experience is going to actually determine maybe a little bit of the outcome going forward so great, with the new gen car. Great question. New car coming, experience, and youth. We have both in this championship. Four guys. We have less than a minute. Thoughts? Experience versus youth. Oh, I, I think that, that you know, there's nothing that can replace experience. So you have that. But when I look at this, uh, I, I see young Kyle Larson there, and uh, I think he has all the experience he needs.
there's a lot of experience, racing experience, even in 25-year-old Chase Elliott, 29-year-old Kyle Larson. They don't, they don't race like they're that age. They have a lot of racing in that in those bodies. I will say, experience is the question mark I have for Larson, only because he's never been Fair. here before. It's, it's, he doesn't know what to expect. How could he, right? Now, it may not affect Might him. Might be a good thing. Might be a good thing. You never know. <laughs> so, listen, it's been a great show tonight, but it's not completely over. 7.15, go to the at NASCAR on NBC Twitter handle. For Twitter space, Nate, Parker, and Dustin are going to have a conversation. So, join the conversation. And then on Wednesday, A.J. Allmendinger will be on the show. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.